0: Welcome to the Shift Gold, Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, June 11th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Oh, we're coming in hot. Of course, I'm talking about the Consumer Price Index data for May that came out yesterday. It was another week of whipsaw action for gold. We were down in the 1870s an ounce yesterday morning before the CPI data came out. And then gold rallied above 1890 pretty quickly. The yellow metal briefly pushed above $1,900 an ounce yesterday, but we've seen a little bit of selling this morning. Silver, meanwhile, is back above $28 an ounce. My guess is it's holding its CPI gains a little better than gold because everybody is convinced that inflation is a sign of impending economic bliss. So let's look at the latest CPI data. It came in higher than expected and the expectations were for it to come in pretty high. The projection was a 0.5% month-on-month jump in CPI for May. The actual number came in at 0.6%. The headline number uh, that everybody's reporting was a 5% year on year increase in prices. But I think that number is a little skewed because, of course, we were in the midst of the government manufactured pandemic recession in May 2020. So, you know, it's a little bit of an increase by comparison. Nevertheless, the last time we saw a number like this was in August 2008. And that was right before the economy crashed into the Great Recession. The core CPI number, which excludes more volatile food and energy prices, was up 3.8% year-on-year. That's the biggest increase since, get this, 1992 Now, as I said, I think these year-on-year numbers are a bit skewed because, of course, we had such a big drop in prices when the economy shut down last year. I think looking at the month-to-month increases this year give you a little better feel for what's going on with prices right now. The monthly CPI increases through the first quarter showed an unmistakable upward trend the CPI in January was up 0.3%. It was up 0.4% in February. It rose 0.6% in March. And then last month, we got the really big 0.8% increase. So doing some quick math, that brings us to a 2.7% rise in CPI for 2021. So if we're just projecting that out to the end of the year, we're looking at a CPI of somewhere in the neighborhood, of 6.5%. I have to note here that that's just a tad above the 2% target that the Fed always talks about. But honestly, it won't surprise me at all if prices rise even faster in the next several months as producers start passing on the increasing costs to their customers. In fact, we're already starting to see this, and I'm going to give you a prime example here in just a minute. Now, the mainstream mantra continues to be that this is transitory inflation due to the post-pandemic economic boom. In fact, to hear some people tell it, this is really great news because it's a signal that the economy is recovering even faster than expected. A Reuters headline proclaimed, Reopening U.S. Economy Fuels Inflation, Labor Market Recovery. And here's the first sentence from another Reuters report. U.S. stock index futures rose on Friday after inflation data calmed concerns over a possible long-term spike in rising prices. So, high inflation calms worry about high inflation? Whatever. What's really happening is people are looking at these numbers and they're saying, yeah, it's transitory because... Well, that's what we need to think it is. You know, it's the best of both worlds. They get to feel good about the economic recovery, and at the same time, they're reassuring themselves that the Fed will keep the easy money flowing, because you and I both know that it's really the Fed easy money that's propping up this so-called recovery. Funny thing, these mainstream articles had not one word to say about the trillions of dollars in Fed money printing. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is inflation. It's not that reopening the economy is driving inflation like the Reuters headline said. Inflation is created by the Fed pumping trillions of dollars into the monetary system. That fundamentally is what's fueling the rise in prices. Now, I will grant you, some of these price increases are related to the economy opening up post-pandemic, but that doesn't account for all of it. And for these people in the mainstream media to basically pretend that Fed monetary policy doesn't exist is beyond absurd. I mean, what's really funny is they actually fret over the Fed tightening monetary policy to fight inflation, and yet they don't acknowledge that the loose policy we have right now might just maybe might have something to do with the rising prices. Of course, we know it does. It's economics. As Milton Friedman once said, inflation is always and everywhere a monetary phenomenon. An increasing money supply means more dollars chasing roughly the same amount of stuff. As a result, prices of that stuff rises. As economist Daniel Lacalle put it, more supply of money directed towards scarce assets, be it real estate or raw materials, the purchasing power of money goes down. You know, this is basic economics, and you know what? Economics always wins in the end. Now, one of the mantras that you'll hear out there is that uh, part of the reason prices are going up is because there are supply chain bottlenecks. I published an article yesterday pulling from some analysis that LaCalle did, and he makes a pretty good case that rising prices aren't really being caused by supply chain bottlenecks at all. A dive into the data reveals that most commodity prices have risen in tandem in an environment of wide levels of spare capacity and, in some cases, even overcapacity. Lacal concludes that the supply chain isn't the problem. The money is the problem. I'm not going to go into all the details of his article here on the show. Uh, Number crunching doesn't tend to translate real well to a podcast, but I will link to the article on the show notes page Check it out, because he makes a really good case. I do, though, want to read one paragraph that should cause us a little bit of concern. Lacalle wrote, The history of money since the Roman Empire always tells us the same thing. First, money is aggressively printed with the excuse that there is no inflation. When inflation rises, central banks and governments tell us that it is transitory or due to multi-causal effects. And when it shoots up, governments present themselves as the solution, imposing price controls and restrictive measures on exports. It's not a theory. All of us who have lived in the 70s know it. Here's the thing. Government programs, political campaigns, wishful thinking, none of this trumps economics. Again, in the end, economics always wins. There was an announcement this week that underscores this fact, and I think it's a canary in the coal mine when it comes to the actual trajectory of prices moving forward. Chipotle Mexican Grill announced an across-the-board hike in prices. Now, Chipotle was the darling of the Fight for 15 crowd last month when it announced that uh, it was going to give wage hikes for all of its workers that will bring average pay to $15 an hour. See, companies can pay a living wage, proponents of boosting the minimum wage exclaimed. Now, it took less than a month for economic reality to catch up. This week, the restaurant announced menu price hikes of about 4% to cover the higher wages. And of course, now people are angry that they're going to have to pay more for a burrito. Seriously, a lot of people are really pissed at Chipotle. I perused some of the uh, social media banter. Now, nobody who understands the first thing about running a business is shocked by Chipotle's price hike. When you increase the cost of production, at least some of that cost will inevitably get passed on to consumers. As the saying goes, there's no such thing as a free lunch. And, Contrary to what a lot of people seem to think, most companies aren't sitting on this big pile of cash. You know, the CEO's not rolling in dollar bills. Profit margins are extremely narrow, especially in the restaurant business. The problem is that most of our social media economists don't know the first thing about running a business. They just assume that companies make money hand over fist and there's plenty of cash out there to raise wages. My wife managed a store for a large grocery chain for years and she can tell you all about the reality of penny profit. The margins here are actually very, very thin. Labor is a huge component of any business's expenses. You raise wages just a little bit, it's a huge impact on the bottom line. Anyway, looking at the bigger picture, you should ask yourself whether forcing wages higher, particularly through government action like uh, mandated minimum wages, really make us better off in the long run. I mean, sure, employees will enjoy better pay. Chipotle, employees are going to get more money, but they're also going to have to pay more for everything they buy as increasing wages drive up the cost of production. Again, they're going to have to pay more for their burrito. You can try to wish this reality away, but economics is going to win. Looking even bigger picture, Chipotle offers us a glimpse at what's going on in the broader economy. Government policy in the wake of COVID 19 has thrown the labor market completely out of whack. I've talked about this in past podcasts. You know, in a nutshell, trillions of dollars in newly printed money, you know, the Fed monetary policy, the mainstream wants to pretend doesn't really exist, it created a labor shortage. Businesses are competing with enhanced unemployment benefits that incentivize people to stay home and play video games. I mean, why go to work when you can sit on the couch and collect a check, right? This has led to a bizarre scenario where unemployment is high, even while there are a record number of job openings. Chipotle's wage increase was the only rational response to this nutty labor market. They need more employees, so they had to raise wages to compete with the unemployment in order to entice people to come work for Chipotle. It needs employees it had to raise pay, right? Now, it was just as rational to raise menu prices to offset some of that labor cost. Chipotle CEO Brian, uh, I guess it's pronounced Nicole, N-I-C-C-O-L, he summed it up in a statement at the Baird Global Consumer and Technology Services Conference. He said, it made sense in this scenario to invest in our employees and get these restaurants staffed and make sure that we have the pipeline of people to support our growth. And then with that, we've taken some pricing to cover some of that investment. Makes sense, right? Don't lose the bigger picture here, though. A 4% pop in menu prices doubles the Fed's mystical 2% inflation target, and this scenario is playing out across the economy. You know, This gives you a glimpse at the inflation spiral that is really hard to stop once it gets going. It goes kind of like this. The Fed prints money. Government policymakers hand out money. The price of raw materials rises. The cost of labor rises. These costs get passed on to consumers. Consumers then start demanding higher wages to offset rising prices. You see where this is going. It's a giant cycle. And when it's all said and done, the entire price structure is spiraling higher. Everything costs more, and it just keeps going. You need to think about this every time the word transitory falls out of Jerome Powell's mouth Of course Chipotle isn't the only company facing rising labor costs as a Fox News report noted quote companies from Target, Costco, McDonald's to theme parks such as Disney World have taken similar steps to bump employee pay unquote And how do you think these companies will pay for these wage hikes? You can be certain that the cost of everything from your Target t-shirt to your McDonald's Big Mac is going to go up in price. This is why I said it wouldn't surprise me if you see price inflation accelerate even more in the months coming down the road. You know, economics is a bitch. She's a harsh mistress, and you can't wish it away. You can't print trillions of dollars out of thin air without impacting prices, whether they be consumer or asset prices. You can't pay people not to work and then expect them to go to work. You can't willy-nilly raise wages and other costs of production without a corresponding increase in consumer prices. Governments can't borrow and spend trillions of dollars without distorting other parts of the economy. None of this can happen. Economics is going to win every single time. But you know what you can do? You can prepare for economic reality. You can mitigate its impact on your own wealth. You may even be able to prosper in this environment. I highly recommend talking to a shift Gold precious metal specialist today. You can call them at 1-888-GOLD-160, or you can just shoot them an email to info at Now is the time to be preparing. Now is the time to buy gold when everybody thinks, oh, there's not going to be any inflation. It's transitory. So talk to a Precious metal specialist today that can help you out. They will look at your own personal situation, your investment goals, and they'll help you figure out how precious metals can help in your own portfolio. So that's a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com slash news. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap at iTunes on the uh, Shift Gold YouTube channel or on Stitcher. Links to this stuff is all on the show notes page. I definitely appreciate you taking time to listen to the show. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I'll talk to you again next time.